sex noises while she's dressed in one of his costumes isn't great i think that <laughs> is something that's very funny and it's also like ugh, 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 that's too many angles it wasn't interesting i guess we're just jumping right into it so yeah. what are oh. what's going on yeah so we usually do our little banter thing yeah i was all ready to talk about how paper mario the new oh. one i don't like it and find it no fuck it let's just get Wait, in there this paper is the mario. fuck it fuck oh, paper god, mario turn down your volume oh my god oh my god kyle <laughs> If you're going to be yelling into the mic, <laughs> however angry you are about Mario. Forget about it. What are, what show is this? This is the Big Bang Theory Theory. Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Kyle. And sometimes we talk about Paper Mario, uh, but we're also obligated to at least spend five minutes on the premise of this show, which is discussing the television series, The Big Bang Theory. It has nerds. We're nerds. We judge other nerds because we're no fun. Anyway. Yeah. And we have uh, we have a Twitter account at BB Theory Squared, which I think twice this week someone added us, and definitely from context thought they were adding the official podcast or the official Twitter thread of the television show The Big Bang Theory, which frankly I'm surprised doesn't happen more often. Yeah, I mean you have to really fuck up for having a name, having your show named almost directly after the thing it's based on. And yet, not getting any of that accidental Google search spillover. It's like we we hit that sweet spot of almost the same and yet too distinguishable somehow. We today we watched season four, episode twenty four, uh, officially known as "Oh my God, my notes, my notes." The love car displacement, which I don't even. No, I don't think that's right. That can't be right. Yeah, you're looking at the wrong episode title. Okay. Maybe I did S S three E twenty four. Let's try this again because I I got that first. I didn't recognize it. And now watching the episode, I'm like, no. I think it was like the roommate disintegration. Or oh, something you know what like happened? That. The 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 wiki set me astray. But yes, the roommate transmogrification. It is ah, that, makes that makes a little sense. more sense. A little, a little bit more sense. Which is the season finale of of season four. And so Kyle... Oh, really? This was the season finale? <laughs> that that final bit is the cliffhanger that they're leaving us on? Oh, it's intense. I don't know, like, hey, apparently this episode aired in, like, 2011, literally a decade ago, but spoiler alert, we're going to talk about everything that happened in it, like we do every single episode. A- any any pre-episode discussion you want to get into? No, or... just, just we're in this. We're doing it. Let's all right, go. All right. What happened? Holy Jesus. All right, summary time. So yeah, final uh, episode of the season, and you know the stakes are high. It's, it... I, I, I know I'm sounding, but I feel like, you know, it's like in basketball when you're on a hot streak. It's like, just keep the ball running. It's just, let's go. It's like, last we were dead last week, and it was so hard. We got a hot one. We just got to see strike while the iron's hot. Let's go. You know what the best way to keep momentum going is when someone starts running, and then you stop them to and tell them how them fast about... they're running. <laughs> Like you won't Why aren't you summarizing the episode, Nick? <laughs> Jesus Christ. So anyway, yeah, cold open. They're at the quote-unquote Cheesecake Factory. And yeah, everyone's making fun of Leonard because of his farts. It's Priya and Penny are 
uh, chit chatting, and he she's warning him about all her. She's warning Priya about all the foods Leonard can eat, and that goes on for a while. I thought it was more fun than it I had any right to be. Uh, I especially liked Wallowitz saying the phrase uh, "Rudy Tootie Stinky Booty." Uh, that really caught me off guard. Now that I said it again, I don't like it as much as I did, but I like it at the time. Uh, also, Bernadette announces. She was going to get her, her doctorate in microbiology and that she got headhunted by a big pharmaceutical firm. So I don't know if she can any longer be my favorite character. <laughs> Boom, cold open. And then it goes to Raj alone in his apartment because, it, well, not totally alone in the other room. His sister and Leonard are wailing on each other while her sister is, while his sister is wearing his own uh, Lieutenant Uhura costume. And Leonard is doing the the worst, most literal, sexy space talk, and so he bounces and uh, he he tries to go and hang out with uh, the Wallowitz, uh, but Wallowitz is on his way to go hang out with Bernadette, and so Wallowitz is like, "You can just chill out with my mom if you like, but you gotta watch out for whatever reason that Nick doesn't clearly remember. She's wicked horny, and that's out of nowhere and gross, and so I was pretty freaked out again. Uh, also, she's on hormone replacement therapy. Yeah." Uh, which is great. So she's she wants to play doctor with little Raj, and oh no, yucky yuck 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 yuck. Um, and then he goes over to uh Sheldon and Leonard's place, and Sheldon goes through a whole bunch of. Uh, Raj wants to stay over. Raj, uh, Sheldon makes him go through a whole bunch of roommate bureaucracy in a bit that I don't think really works. Also, I think I skipped over it. There was a cutaway where Sheldon is on a video chat with Amy Farrah Fowler. And he's complaining about having neck pain. And so she guides him through a self-massage by specifically pointing him towards specific uh, muscle groups. Because of this, I think for the first time in the series, we get to see and hear Sheldon make orgasm noises. So whether paired well, up or not... Everyone really felt it was the show was missing. Yeah, it's it's something that I didn't think I needed, and now that I have it, I know I never needed. That was it made me certain of it. But yeah, this episode is super horny, um, and it's weird. <laughs> anyway, so that happens. It's just kind of a throwaway and doesn't really go anywhere. Uh similarly, I was mad about this when Sheldon approves Raj to stay over. Uh Raj is like, Hey, can I have any girls over? And Sheldon, because he's a little stinker, he's like, Hey, you have as many girls over as you want. Not you Sheldon to- Leonard. Oh, sorry, Leonard. Yeah, when when because uh, Raj is directly taking over Leonard's room, and so yeah, Leonard says that, and uh, I was bummed out hearing it because I'm like, that would be an excellent opportunity for something to pay off later later when Raj miraculously brings a bunch of ladies home, and I know it's not going to go anywhere. <laughs> I know it's a throwaway line again to something more interesting in the show that I wish would happen. We're just about to the end. They go through the bureaucratic rules uh, later. Penny is over, and she's having wine, and everyone's having fun. And I wrote a note. I was like, it'd be funny if Penny and Raj fucked. And then guess what? They totally fuck. Uh, they they end up in Leonard's bed together. Uh, they wake up together. And it's, it's not explicit that they humped, but it's the, the very reasonable inference. Yeah, um, I wanted to... This would finish your summary. Well, this then... is one of those things that I think they absolutely could walk back later, because, again, there was no explicit obvious reference but anyway um and then the the big real season ender drama though uh on top of that is uh priya is on a video call with her parents they mentioned her moving back to india the next month 
Leonard overhears, uh, storms into the scene and uh, blows blows up the whole relationship and Priya storms off. Uh, so yeah, apparently that's over. And Priya, in spite of having nothing wrong with her, except for her shame or dishonesty, I guess, about the nature of the relationship, is being evicted from the show. So there, summary over. Any important plot points I forgot? A lot more is made than you uh, mentioned like there's a there's a running joke where everyone is ruthlessly mocking Wallowitz for having a yes. having a fiance oh. who is both more successful than him in terms of being a doctor but also is making more money than him. Yeah, so that's that's essentially C plot that because that also has a big drama point at the end where yes, because Bernadette has been picked up by this big pharmaceutical company, Wallowitz is now the only person, aside from Penny and the entire group, who is not a doctor. She is going to be making significantly more money than him. She buys him a Rolex, and he gets so insecure about this that they have a fight and break up. And so, again, it's probably not going to be anything permanent, but at the, yeah, their their relationship is on the rocks at the end of this episode. <laughs> yeah, she buys him a Rolex and tells him, oh, don't worry about what it costs. I just want you to have, I just want my baby to have pretty things. Which um, I was into. She she won me right back again. Something about Bernadette ending up as a Wallowitz sugar, sugar daddy. mama. Yeah, I'm I'm big into that. I want to see a lot of that. Uh, I need even just reference to something about her walking him around in a leash. That's that's what I need. <laughs> um, well, also it raises the question: Since when did Wallowitz have any self respect? Well, I think whenever it comes to his his very thin masculine identity whenever that's challenged because i think the last time something like this came up is when he found out that bernadette used to date a very handsome horse and now he's upset again that he's not going to be the breadwinner for whatever reason as as shameless and gross as he is he he nonetheless wants wants to be a traditional man so yeah waka waka i guess so yeah so he freaks out about being treated like you know 90 percent of women in history so that's yeah. probably a low estimate anyway so that happens and then yeah no, oh i remember what i was gonna say so the penny and raj thing it is true that you don't like see them like you know making out or anything but it is also true that like in sitcoms the wake up next to each other with their completely naked thing is like always code for we just had sex in fact yes. you there there is a traditional fake out for this but usually the traditional fake out involves the girl looking down realizing that somehow she has fallen asleep under the covers but is still fully dressed and that's how she knows that they didn't have sex because no one apparently ever has sex and then puts their clothes back on before going to bed yeah um maybe the fake out which wouldn't really be a fake out is that she just totally pegged him and so that's still sex, but then Leonard doesn't have to feel insecure about one of his friend's wieners being inside of his ex-girlfriend. Well, I'm just wondering, how would you introduce, like, what, like, what photographic or videographic evidence could the show introduce to walk this back if they wanted to? Like, it would, like, here's my pitch, I guess, if they were going to do this. Sheldon has secret cameras in Leonard's room that he's always been using to surveil Leonard. So he's like, don't worry. If we want to figure out what really happened, I'll just roll back the, you know, the numerous, uh, video recordings I have for, oh, what was the date today? Just a second. I have to get out my second hard drive because the first one is, is, uh, has, is completely full. Just a second. 
Yeah, and I think this... Oh, no, this wouldn't predate The Dark Knight, I don't think. Maybe there could be a fun reference to Sheldon having a Batman-esque video surveillance database that, unlike Batman, he trusts himself enough to have constant care over. <laughs> um, he's he's taking care of all the precious citizens of the the apartment, which also I thought was kind of a fun goof, is when Raj stays over, Sheldon gives him very air-like, airline-like instructions of where the emergency exits are and that there will be luminescent paint should the lights go out to guide you towards the, the exit and proves it by, by turning off the lights and showing the paint and uh, very silly one-note goof that I nonetheless loved and now want to do to my own apartment. So you really liked this one. What did you really like about it? I mean, I should say I really liked this episode too. Mostly just because it had plot. <laughs> like, it had plot that felt like it had stakes. So that was that was mostly it for me. It's just like there was a bunch of stuff going on. Also, for some reason, even though this is weird, I just kind of... I I thought the... I, when I was like, Le- Leonard is apparently having a bunch of cosplay sex with his, you know, hot girlfriend. I was like, good for them. You know what, though? So I, I made reference to being traumatized by this episode i mean it sucks to be raj but good for them and it's been a very long time but it's season finale nick hides oversharing personal life stories time. <laughs> nick's oversharing life stories it's nick's oversharing life stories inspired by an episode of the big bang theory wherein leonard calls priya's vagina the landing dock yeah. but yeah, I didn't care for that, especially since I had to think of its steel door slowly sliding open, and sparks coming off because it was old and ill-maintenanced. You've seen the Venture Brothers, right? They do like a whole bit about this in the first season. Uh, I don't remember that far back, but I've, I know I, I certainly have seen it. But Brock Sampson is docking his giant phallic spaceship in oh, like a, on yes. like the satellite right. while the woman talks him in. Uh, I I remember this. Yes, I I dated a lady uh, in in my in my younger days who was a bit of a a horny maniac. And when when we had sexy times, she was very loud, which I I imagine was not great for her roommate, but I thought was very fun and I enjoyed. Later, after we broke up, and I I moved a couple times and and was living with this some other random guy that random guy and her ended up dating and then i had to suffer through oh no their oh, loud no. terrible sex noises it was awful i experienced the ultimate karmic punishment <laughs> uh and so uh yeah the, the thought of both having to hear or having my own sex heard both both give me the shivers and there was a lot of that in this episode <laughs> It was a fun callback, though. I never thought... Because there is a previous episode where we find out Raj has an Uhura outfit in his closet that he used to wear a lot, even when he was living in India with his friends. And I was like, well, that's never coming back again. So it's nice to know that they... Uh, that apparently that was the joke they found funny enough that in the writer's room, like when they were sitting around, they were like, no, we got to do more with the Raj likes to cross-dress as Ensign Uhura bit. Yeah, and and somehow... You know, they try to, you know, when when it was brought up before, it was like a shameful Raj secret. And yet they somehow took that and defiled it further <laughs> by, 
<laughs> through through regular old cosplay sex, Raj, Raj also has to be confronted with his own his own weird kinks from from someone he would rather not have to deal with them at all. I also thought you just reminded me of another funny joke in this episode was around the time uh, Bernadette gives Wallowitz the Rolex. They're they're together in bed, and she's absolutely doing like daddy talk like like you said earlier kyle you know like mama wants her baby to have pretty things or whatever like that and during that same conversation wallowitz is asking her what kind of stuff that she'll likely be working on for the new company oh yeah this is this is easily one of the best jokes in the episode yeah and she she said she was going to be focusing uh on premature ejaculation because it's not like either of them are going to die from like early heart disease or something like that. And oddly enough, Wallowitz didn't seem to be upset or insecure about that, <laughs> even though the, the Rolex totally blew him up for some reason. But also, my imagination immediately ran wild about the horny research that Bernadette would have to be doing. And uh, I don't know. I'd, oh my, uh, I'm just, all... Like, how do you test to make sure that the premature ejaculation pill works? Yeah, the things along those lines. I'm not going to sully this episode with the filth that comes from my mind. We run a clean shop here. But it was it was three seconds of, of infinite possibility. I usually have a lot more interest in complaining about these episodes, but like the more I think about it, I'm not sure I really have any negative notes on this one. It's Do you think that Raj and penny hooking up if that is in fact what it turns out to have happened as it appears do you think that puts the show in a weird place going forward i i mean it it could i don't think it will though because if it were to get weird what i imagine would have to happen is that there would need to be an obvious rift i think between leonard and either penny or raj which would lead to either one of those or both of those characters spending less time in the show or almost becoming antagonist in a way. But I think that would require <laughs> too much uh, writing, honestly, <laughs> to have to have reasons for the, them to keep coming into conflict and how to eventually resolve it. And so what I think realistically will happen is it will change nothing <laughs> and it will be written off immediately. <laughs> and they will quite possibly never talk about it again. I think it will come up in passing. They will make up and move on. I th- that's right. And then there will be like one joke a season where it's like, "Hey, I hit that." Oh, hey, I also hit that. And yeah, that's it. That's that's the shot I'm calling. Is the immediate make it okay and move on. No, no lasting impact. How do you, do you do you agree or how do you feel about it? I don't. I mean, I th- I feel like it's be- it's poor characterization, but I don't know why I'm complaining about that on this show. In that. It's not, well, like, that Raj would have sex with Penny makes perfect sense to me. Um, Why wouldn't he? But that there's any, I mean, he's an opportunistic little, you know, horny monster, like most of the men on this show. But that that Penny would, in any level or in any moment of weakness, ever have sex with Raj seems like a real stretch. Right, I, I I don't disagree, and I thought it was a little silly and frustrating because the I, I guess we skipped over the build up to that is when uh, Penny, yeah, which Raj, is all of like three lines. Well, yeah, it's that's that's true, but it's 
when Penny and Raj are hanging out just drinking wine and chit-chatting, Penny, or Raj makes some sort of, you know, sullen comment about always be, oh, because it, it begins with Penny's like, oh my god, Raj, I'm drunk and I'm going to be way too honest with you and I really screwed up when I let Leonard go, he's great. And Raj is like, oh, what's wrong with me? And Penny does that good, kind of horny and often confusing friend thing of being like, oh, you know, I if it weren't for such and such, I'd be all over you. Uh, and then it cuts to them being in bed together. And so I guess I was worried when that happened that it was going to get... Because you, you mentioned Raj being an opportunistic creep. I absolutely saw him leaning into that comment too much and then making like an unwanted pass at Penny or something like that. Because I do think I agree with you that it's kind of... There was nothing leading up to this point that would suggest that Penny has any interest in Raj whatsoever. But also, aside from... If if you ignore the, the constant, pretty consistent characterization in the show and just look at Raj, I still think he's the cutest of the nerds. You know, if Penny were, were drinking and just didn't really give a shit, I think he could do a lot worse than Raj. But there's... there Yeah, there was nothing aside from those few lines that ever, ever led to this conclusion. <laughs> Yes. And I thought the way they handle it upon her waking up was pretty funny. Just like her slow, slightly horrified, but also like, well, this has definitely happened in my life many, many times. We just got to get through it. Well, I also liked how uh, Raj again goes mute. Yes. uh, Because he's no longer drunk. And and Penny is very annoyed by it. I thought this is another weird thing. I thought Penny was overall great in this episode. And I think it's when she's not when she's not being used as some sort of foil or, you know, any other kind of counterpart to Leonard, and when she's just having bro times with the other nerds, I think she's great at that. It's like she's really charming and fun when she's just having fun with the other characters and not having to be either the 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 object or mild antagonist to, to Leonard's own desires. Yeah, I guess I would I could mostly get on board with that, you know. <laughs> you you only have to get on as bored as you like. It's you, you can you can get off at any of the many stops along the way that my my, my ship takes down the coast of ideas. And I'm not sure what else. It's I, I hate Wallowitz in this episode. He time and time again is revealing himself to be an insecure little wiener. Oh oh, another thing, embarrassing thing. I just saw in the notes that I forgot about because it was upsetting. <laughs> There's a a scene where. I think it's just before the relationship blow up um, with Priya and Leonard that Leonard keeps making like moaning noises while they're kissing. And Priya's like, hey, tone it down, buddy. And it reminded me of a time I was making out with a lady. (laughs) And she was like, you know, when we're making out, there doesn't need to be quite as many lip smacking noises. And that's a hard, that's a real fucking hard thing to recover from. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, ah. How dare she give? How dare she give my boy notes? That woman, I'm. I declare war on her. Well, if if you ever find her, and if I can ever remember her full name, watch out. <laughs> Anywho, I don't know anything else you want to like. I I don't want to like wrap this up any sooner than necessary. I just feel like this was a pretty solid episode, and I don't have as many things to whine about. No, I don't. I mean, I'm totally, I'm totally with you. I watched this one, and you know. I had a good chuckle. I like I liked all the stuff with the roommate. Oh, the roommate agreement. 
I think my favorite joke around that is Raj signs a paper that says that uh, if Sheldon needs to, he can uh, make end-of-life decisions for him, and Leonard talks him into it by reminding him that it's reciprocal, so he might get a chance one day to pull the plug on Sheldon. And speaking of details that I hope come up in a later episode, that would be fun. Sheldon's gotten uh, hit by a bus, and now we have to decide among the four of us how long we're going to leave him on a ventilator for. Yeah, and Raj gets to make the decision, but he has a vested interest in a pretty sweet box of magic cards that were left to him in Sheldon's will. Yeah. Um, One can dream. No. Raise the stakes? No, I I got nothing to complain (laughs) about either. Well, maybe, maybe should we be great? I guess the question is: Should we just be grateful? Like Kyle, would I we go so, so far as to say, like, thank you, episode of Big Bang Theory, you did your job? I'm not too proud, you know. I think credit where credits due. This is pretty good. I enjoyed it. I was thinking even prior to watching today's episode that going forward it might be fun or at least helpful <laughs> to start giving some sort of rating system to the episodes. So so listeners have an idea of, of which oh, ones that's... they should actually bother watching. What a what a great dynamic to introduce four seasons into watching this show. We are that's... constantly evolving, Kyle. <laughs> what do, a do you brilliant... want to remain static? Do you never want to learn or change? No, I'm with you. Yeah, you're goddamn right, you little bitch. We're rating episodes now. Guess one. Five out of five amazings. I don't know. Whoa. We'll that's... think of a cool so system. So first off. There should only be four, any a system never needs more than four stars. It's goddamn ridiculous to have more than four stars to a rating system. All right, fine. Particularly if you're doing half stars, because that gives you out of eight, and that is more than enough to tell you how good something is. What about Honest- seventeen stars? That's a prime number. It's odd, so you know, no, you always break a tie if you have to. Um, but it adds, it allows for a lot of nuance. I would give this one. Three stars, above average. Three out of four, three out of five, or three out of 17? Three out of four. Okay. I was like, on the three out of 17 scale, I can't, that's insulting. That's, I mean, you may as well rate them a one. Rating them a three is like false hope that they might be able to do better someday. If we're going out of four, ugh, ugh. Um, yeah, I'm also going to go three stars. Like, I think on the metric so far, uh, <laughs> basing this on one out of one episodes. For it to be a four, it would need to, like, surprise me with hilarity. Well, this is a good... Is there any... I mean, I I know your brain is garbage, but to be honest, they all kind of blur together for me, too. Is there any episode where you can go back and think, like, that was probably a four-star episode? No. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I think this is one of the best episodes yet. Maybe... And- Maybe for me, the one where Leonard's mom comes to visit and he and Sheldon almost, and she and Sheldon almost have sex and they end up getting drunk and doing, playing rock band together. Pretty good. Man, I remember one time I was the one who was going to perform a friend's wedding and I did, but also my, I remember my sole objective of the wedding being like, I'm going to fuck the groom's mom today. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> how'd that work out for you it didn't quite get there it was i don't know i, I couldn't commit i we, we we had delightful awkward flirting and then i went and did something else oh i think i ended up making out with the the, the secret third partner to the to the wedding 
So that was still cool, I guess. He should have should have done it, man. That would have been such a power move. Oh, it's it's not about the power. It's about wanting to spend some time with a delightful woman, um, and then never ever letting it um over my friend's head. Yes. So <laughs> anyway, that's a good indication that we should probably move on and start talking about things we. I was going to say things we actually enjoy, but in this case, things we also enjoy. Well, I'm in trouble this week. I don't have... You'll have to go first, because I have nothing. Okay, I've got a weird... I've got 1.2 recommendations, which means one actual recommendation, and then one that's almost more of a warning than a recommendation. (laughs) And you think of something that you enjoy in the meantime, mister. The thing I can wholeheartedly recommend, and the only reservation I have is that I don't think it's really necessarily a nerd thing. It's It's just a good movie is I did the other night watch uh, Promising Young Woman. And oh, no. Have you seen it yet? No, but never mind. It's fine. I don't know why I have such strong feelings about a movie I haven't seen. Yeah, me neither. What's your, what's your fucking problem? <laughs> I take it you liked it? I loved it. Okay. Yeah. I don't really want to get into it because I think even like the main premise of it, I appreciated it a lot more not knowing what was going on when I went in. And so I'm just going to very broadly say a woman is challenging rape culture and individuals. <laughs> Blammo, there you go. Uh, but I, I will say that in spite of dealing with really, I think to a lot of people, upsetting subject matter, it's still really funny. There's definitely someone to root for. The main character is fantastic. And uh, it's, I don't know if I'd quite call it a satire, but it pulls off really effectively, I think, dark, cynical, pointed humor. Like, the the humor in it isn't from, like, gags and goofs or whatever, but it's very much from the, the context in which the events I will not describe here take place and so i i like that a lot one very good one very vague recommendation for promising young woman yes and then my my point two recommendation is there is a series of games referred to generally as the saga series and it's um this whole long series i i can't remember how many are in it in total but like at least 10 games that are kind of like a weird cousin to the Final Fantasy games. They were published through Square, and I think their battle system is more or less based off Final Fantasy 2, which is interesting, because Final Fantasy 2 is generally regarded as the worst main title in the series. <laughs> and so, so some other director said, you know how that battle system never really worked? What if we spe- What if we based an entire series off of that? And so I recently downloaded Saga Frontier Remastered, which is number seven in this series that came out on the PlayStation. And I played it as a teen. And I remember from thinking of it at the time that it was a dog shit game that made no sense that I hated. But I was like, that was my teen brain. It wasn't fully formed. Adult Nick Hyde will surely have better comprehension and understanding and appreciation of it. And so I, I downloaded it, I've been playing it, and I'm like, God damn, this is a dog shit, confusing game. What the fuck? And like, it's hard. I don't want to say it's bad, 
because I think it's unfair to call something just straight up bad that has survived for so long. <laughs> but it's so random that it's frustrating. It's you're you're given the choice right at the outset of choosing any one of seven different characters. Each of these seven characters' stories will intersect some way, but they don't really form one grand narrative. Instead, you are given very kind of loose direction, and you can go anywhere in the world and interact with anyone and complete any of, like, a bunch of different side quests while you kind of piece together what your main quest is. And what I find is that it's cool that they tried to open up the world, but the lack of guidance from anyone or anywhere in the game means most of the time I don't know where I'm going or what I'm supposed to do. The enemies seem almost completely random no matter what area you're in. It doesn't seem to matter what enemy you're fighting. You learn and develop your skills just through using them over and over again until you occasionally, again, randomly learn a new one. <laughs> and it's just like chaos. And I'm I'm trying so hard to get into it. I'm now on like my fourth or fifth different characters scenario. Not because I've played through them, because I've gotten partway in and gone, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, and then tried again with somebody else. <laughs> and I think, I think on like try number five, it's starting to make some sort of sense to me. But boy, is it a frustrating game. And I'm, I'm really trying to stick with it, because I feel like it's almost like daring me to like it. So yeah, Saga Frontier just came out. It's on the on the onlines. Play it if you're high, I guess. Is this something we can look forward to you doing on your new Twitch channel that you're about to launch? I, I could do that. So as a matter of fact, I finally I finally gave in and bought a new computer today. It won't arrive for about a week, but I'm hoping that is like the last main component I need to actually get this started. And then I will continue my pretty obviously unhealthy video game habit and use it to contribute to other people's bizarre interest in watching me do mostly nothing. I guess talk to myself about things I'm not that knowledgeable of. So, Kyle, in that time, did you uh, think of any nerd thing you want to recommend or do you want to take a hard pass this week? No, I got one. It's like I mostly I feel like I may have talked about it before, but it That's probably okay. doesn't matter. I've talked you, about the same yeah, thing like five or six times. Yeah, you've recommended shit. like Harvest Moon like Stardew six times, whatever, like six times, and then Xeno Saga twice, and then Final Fantasy X twice. I will be recommending just going through my list of random comic books that I enjoyed this week. Um, I don't know if I have or have not talked about. The Immortal Hulk, which is the Hulk run that was launched by Adam, or not Adam, Al Ewing. Like, I think it's it's got to be, like, into its fourth year now, maybe even its fifth. I don't know. It's been, it's it's a, it's a fairly long-running, you know, any uh, any comic book where the writer pens more than, like, two years' worth of issues is considered pretty long-running for, like, a mainstream comic these days. So the premise of The Immortal Hulk, so this is, they sort of talk about this in the movies, but it's ambiguous. But Bruce Banner does not seem to be able to die. Like, like at, there are points in the comics where he has attempted to kill himself, and upon doing so, he just wakes up 
as the Hulk the next day because he, the second he starts to die, he turns into the Hulk and the Hulk's rapid healing factor chews up whatever damage he's done to himself. So that is like a dark plot point that has never really been explored. But Immortal Hulk, which I would classify as basically like a mainstream like superhero core comic, it's obviously in the vein of Alan Moore Swamp Thing, if anybody ever read that back in the day when it was hot off the presses. So it's like a weird mix of horror and science fiction and mysticism and, of course, superhero hijinks. But anyway, it starts off, the Hulk was dead in the comics for like a little bit because Hawkeye shot him in the head. And then he he came back to life, and basically it's exploring, like, exactly how the mechanics of, like, gamma immortality work, and it uses the whole, like, well, we call it gamma radiation, but we're basically just, like... Once we say that there's a, a power, a radiation power that makes you immortal and super strong and unkillable, we're basically talking about magic. It's like the Hulk has become this, like weird devilish monster who stalks the countryside looking into the evil fucked up shit that goes on in small towns and stuff and avenging various injustices and he's like sort of mean and otherworldly and scary so like basically a lot of it is built on the back of the work of peter david who penned a very famous run for the hulk in like the 80s where he explored the idea that there's not really like one definitive version of the hulk there's like four or five so like the most famous version is like the big dumb child version right like hulk smash stupid monster whatever but then there's also like the original version of the hulk was like much more malicious and villainous and kind of scary and then there's like uh my favorite version of the hulk is called joe fix it which is he's literally like a mafioso who wears an oversized suit and you know you know hangs out in las vegas with prostitutes and things but anyway so there are all these different versions of the hulk which are all apparently represent different like aspects of bruce's disintegrating like identity and their various defense mechanisms and so basically you explore the way in which you know bruce banner who is canonically a survivor of incredibly horrendous child abuse like the way it broke up his conscious into all of these different facets and these different facets manifest as different versions of the hulk who are all just trying to protect him in their own ways and like the current dominant version of the hulk called the devil hulk appears to be evil but really he's just like a version of like a father figure that bruce banner has conducted for himself who is you know trying to protect him from all of the evil in the world but it also you know feels like it's his job to hand out punishments to people who are bad so there's just all sorts of like cool thematic stuff and monster stuff and uh weird like judeo-christian like cabalic imagery in it that i really appreciate and also it's just like really fucking like a lot of body horror like just straight up like classic cronenbergian like you know the hulk gets like cut into a thousand pieces and put in jars and he's still alive and you know stuff like that or yeah other people like you know other people who are gamma mutates they like spawn extra limbs or their heads are elongated and it's just all sorts of weird like monster stuff that's you know i feel i feel like you nick if nothing else you can look up the art for it i feel like you'd really dig some of the random panels it's also making me want to watch some cronenberg films now like maybe uh the the fly or some video drone but oh well 
Yeah, it's it's very much like inspired by all of those things in a very like obvious homage way. Sweet. Well, that was I uh I mean I was on board with this idea of the many different interpretations of the Hulk all being valid, but I'm also that much more on board when chopping him up and having all this body horror stuff comes in. That's right up my alley. So is the run like is it being collected as its own title immortal hulk or yeah it's that's the incredible hulk which is like the classic series right was like stop they stopped publishing it and then for a while because again he was dead and for a while there was a she hulk comic that was just called the hulk which was pretty good also but then they brought back the new this new series which has been penned the entire time by uh al ewing is called the immortal hulk sweet all right so Kyle started off with not having a nerd thing to recommend and ended up with being the one who had the only real nerd recommendation this week. So, Well, you know, I'm pretty reliable that way. And and God bless you for it. But yeah, I guess, I don't know. Let's just ra- wrap this up. I'm a little, I feel a little weird. Like, I think this is the first time where changing seasons has been anything I've bothered noticing or having feelings about. And... I'm excited about where the show is going. I think we need to come back in two weeks with dramatic, bizarre format changes just to throw everyone off. No, don't tease people with things with expectations we are definitely never going to live up to. If our audience knows anything, it's to have expectations that we can't live up to. So it's we are we are an exercise in disappointment tolerance. But... It, I mean, that, it seems to be going a, well. I'm making that the tagline for our Twitter page right now. An exercise in disappointment tolerance. Please do. I'll, I'll get that tattooed on my ass if it helps brand this show. 